Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub, here from the Chile Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan, how are we doing today on this uh, kind of gloomy Tuesday? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Got a sick daughter at home. Ooh, so never fun. But yeah, but, but hanging in there. That's good, that's good. You go back to school soon, too, don't you? Yeah, next offici- week? really officially Thursday is when we got all our oh, really? meetings. Oh, really? Oh, goodness. Yeah. They're like, hey, guys, in case you forgot how to you know teach and stuff, you get to do it again now. Yep, exactly. That's kind of crazy. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, either way, though, we're excited to, to obviously have you uh, live and in studio. Uh, we know you've been back and forth a little bit, obviously, over the, the winter months, but uh, we're excited to have you back. And uh, some great stuff coming up for you today as well on the show. Uh, we'll be joined in our second segment by Peter Wilt. Uh, I don't know if he has an official title at the exact moment. He was helping found Chicago NASL. Now there's rumors he's in San Diego. He's oh, not, yeah, not rumors. It's confirmed. I mean, it is he's, confirmed he's now officially? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he's, he's out there. I don't know officially what to call him yet, but we'll call him Mr. Soccer. It's just easier. We we'll say Mr. Soccer with Peter Wilt, and then our third segment, um, midfielder and attacker of the Houston Dash, Melissa Henderson, will be here uh, joining us as well. All guests do appear on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. And if you want to listen to the show like you are currently doing at the moment, you can catch us live at 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, live on Spreaker.com. And you can also find the show by going to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, as well. You can also find us on Facebook. Just type in 2upfront in the search bar. And, of course, we're also on Twitter, at 2upfrontsoccer. Use the number 2. Don't spell that 2 out. He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Uh, getting our kick around started off, uh, which is presented by Too Much Metal for One Hand. You can go to their website, Too Much Metal metal.com uh, to find all the cool rad t-shirts and everything else that they do over there. Um, rumor has it, it's not even a rumor anymore, it's officially confirmed that uh, Heather O'Reilly is going to be leaving uh, the NWSL only briefly, but she's going to Arsenal Ladies, she's following Kim Little over there, except Heather O'Reilly is actually going to come back. She is, but not to the middle of the season. So when I woke up this morning and saw this news, the, the song Exodus by Bob Marley was playing oh in my, my goodness. head. Uh, it 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 doesn't surprise me, you know, the U.S. women talking about wanting a deal in place. I think you told me uh, you saw that before on uh, by March 1st. Yes, yeah, by so, March 1st. So you got all these, you know, women leaving. Of course, Heather O'Reilly retired from international game. But nevertheless, you want a deal done by March 1st. I, 
I, I do believe in my gut, Baxter, that this is ultimately sending a signal to U.S. soccer more than anything. Of, yeah. Of pay us like we want to be paid, or we're out of here. Yeah, exactly. Because they also pay their contracts when it comes to the NWSL. Mm-hmm, which is even in- more interesting as well, too. I mean, you look at the, the quote that O'Reilly said about this move. She says, I want to help soccer in the U.S. I'm doing this to be a better ambassador. So some might say, well, if you were being a, you want to help U.S. soccer, wouldn't you stay? Except she's going across. But you never know. By her going over and you know talking to those other players over there saying, hey, we've got it pretty good in the U.S. Come play in the NWSL. I kind of see what she's saying, but that the U.S. women's national team in women's circles is very well respected internationally, to my no, knowledge. No, I, I agree, and I, and I could see that. And if there's one person out of these uh, three players that are going overseas from the U.S. national team, she is the right one because, again, yeah. she, she is retired, so yeah, exactly. maybe that is part of her mission. However, I think when you're on a club, uh, your responsibility is to that club you're playing for, not to try to get these women to go over season and play somewhere else. Exactly. We don't know where FC Kansas City is going to be by June 3rd in the NWSL standings, and if you're missing a key cog like Heather O'Reilly, that could be a huge thing for them, honestly. Yeah, and a little bit of uh, different news. Kind of the same line, though. Uh, Alex Morgan with an assist in her first game Good for, for Leon, who, uh, who, who did get, a, I believe, it was a 3-1 win over the weekend. So, yes. so, so she's another one that'll come back, apparently, mid-season. I found it interesting, too, speaking uh, of Alex Morgan, that uh, the magazine in France, uh, L'Equipe, or however you say it, uh, they have a picture of Alex Morgan on the cover, um, and the, the title in English says Irresistible, as she's pointing to a hat that has Leon on it, basically making kind of a funny face. And I, I would agree with that, I guess, to an extent, that uh, a player like her, Irresistible, you want her on your team. And as we've seen already, she's done nothing but good for Leon thus far. And I'm curious to see what that is going to do translating over to the national team, and likely when she does come back to Orlando at some point as well. Yeah, it, it does remind me a bit of the early Beckham period of MLS when uh, he had first signed and he went away yeah. you know, for half a season, then he came back, and, and so many signings. We don't see it as much, uh, but so many signings happening in that June window where all of a sudden you almost have a completely new team. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, players are still signed in that June transfer window, but it doesn't seem to be as many as in years past where, no. where an entire team is completely affected or exactly. almost uh, shot out the window and, and a whole new team coming in. And some of these teams might become whole new teams, though, because they're getting Alex Morgan and Heather O'Reilly back, you know, among others. Crystal Dunn isn't coming back. She's officially, she's over there, from right. my, yep. if I'm understanding that correctly. That's, that's so, true, yeah. She said she's, know, at, she's at Chelsea, and, and that's where she's don't expect her to come back. Too. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Orlando does, how FC Kansas City does when they get this sudden, you know, injection of star power, basically. But Orlando is trying to really build a new team this season to to prove that they're actually going to be, you know, formidable opponents uh, and not just, you know, an expansion team anymore in NWSL. So, which they're not going to be the expansion team anymore because is North Carolina officially an expansion team or are they just a rebranded version of West? I don't know how to, I don't know what to think about North Carolina. They've yeah. already made me upset as a whole by their Twitter issues. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify them as an expansion team. It's, it'd be different if like when the San Jose Earthquakes left San Jose and went to Houston Sure. and, and the league announced ahead of time, we're considering Houston a brand new franchise. Franchise, all the records will stay in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we haven't heard that from NWSL. There, there isn't there isn't any talk of a resurrected Western New York Flash team. So I'm going with it's a relocated team, not an expansion team. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one as well too. And it's the we saw Paul Riley too. He was at the NWSL draft, acting as the the winning head coach, and helped you know orchestrate all the you know the North Carolina Courage picks as well too. So. 
I haven't seen anything official about him being named the head coach yet. Correct. I haven't either. Maybe they're going with it for right now and saying, well, we're going to deal with it later on, just get through the draft and save face and all that. I don't know. Yeah, you certainly hope so. I mean, he's such a good guy. He is. Players love playing for him. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a, We've he's had a numerous players on this. Like, I love Paul. I love yeah, Paul. It's like yeah. the first thing they say when we ask him about the Flash or now the Courage. Well, and just incredibly respectful, too, to mm-hmm. us to us small-timers as well. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Paul's been on the show two or three times now, I think, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Uh, speaking of you know coaches and everything that goes into to building a team, uh, Bruce Arena has come out and said that there's absolutely no reason that the United States cannot qualify for the Olympic or I, for the for the World Cup. And, and I tell you what, as Americans, of course, that's what we like to hear. It is, uh, and, and that's one of the things I always respected about Bruce Arena is him instilling belief in his players. Mm-hmm. And, and let's face it, as Americans, that it's not it's not a matter of. St- saying, you know what, we're going to qualify and then we're going to win the World Cup. You yeah. know, he's a realist in that respect, but he looks at his players and says, you know what, I believe in you guys. Yeah. Believe in yourselves. And that is that is one thing we didn't get from Jurgen. And I know a lot of people like that. They say, well, he was a realist and, and he wanted his players to understand where they stood in the greater picture of soccer. But again, the American mentality is, I want to go out there. I want to fight. I don't care who you think I am or what I should be able to do, I'm going to do what I need to do. You're absolutely and, right. And Bruce Arena brings that attitude to yeah. the U.S. national no, team. No, I completely agree with you on that one, too. We are 12 days away as well from the United States kicking off against Serbia. The first time Bruce Arena will be the acting head coach now since the Jurgen Klinsmann move, the 2017, the first national team game of 2017 as well, too. I It's Serbia. I don't want to you know look into it too much, obviously, and say, well, we should be able to steamroll them. But at the same time, there's a lot of new players in camp now. We don't know how much Arena is going to you know tinker a little bit and say, hey, we've got all these new guys, and i got to see if they're actually worth all the you know the blog articles and podcasters yelling at the sports world saying, why are these players not in camp? You know, So we'll see. That's a game to, to kind of tinker with a little bit because then you've got a couple other dangerous games down the stretch you've got to start preparing for. Yeah, the one thing I want to say about the players in camp, uh, this, is where, this is one of the things that's always frustrated, frustrated me about Bruce Arena and, and bringing in his network of boys, as I like to say, bringing in Brian Rowe as a goalkeeper to the national team camp. I know people point out and say, hey, Rowe has some of the best statistics in this last year in MLS. True. True, but you look at him in a single game, so much of so many of his shutouts were because of his defense. Yeah. And when his defense would mess up, he's not a goalkeeper you can depend upon. No. That's what you need from a goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, he had so many miscues later in the season. I just don't think he's deserving of this, and it's definitely a classic case of he's played for Brusso. Bruce has given him the call-up. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. I want to see what Dax McCarty does as well, too. We'll talk about Dax later on in the show in a different sense, but it'd be good to see. This is Dax McCarty's first international call-up in, I believe, three years. Uh, I'd love to see what he can do, the fiery midfielder there for uh, for the for now the Chicago Fire, no pun intended. Um, you know, Juan Aguadalo guys that have just tried to resurge, and can we see consistent play now from Jordan Morris? We saw him under the Jurgen Klinsmann reign, but sometimes when young players that are so hyped do well under one manager, sometimes don't always translate to a whole manager with a whole new style. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how that pans out as well. Yeah, that we talked about. Uh, you know, Graham Susie had played a little bit defensively for yeah. Sporting Kansas City. Bruce has said he's going to use him as a uh, as a back for the, the defensively for the US as well. If if you haven't gotten a chance, US soccer did release a, a 3 minute video on Bruce's first day 
in training oh, camp. And it's really, I it's, seen re- that it's yet. really cool to watch just to see how he, he handles the players. And I have to say, it was amazing to hear him talk about Jermaine Jones. He's talking to his assistant coaches, and he says, you know, it's just it's amazing. You watch Jermaine. Most guys need you know a, a few practices to really get into it. Some of them need, need a first half of game. He needs ten minutes of practice. Hmm. He's just an animal. So it's. It's one of those things that's, yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to, to get that inside look. And, and maybe there are things about Jermaine Jones that we don't get to see. That's true. That, of course, coaches get to see. And still nothing official yet about him joining the Galaxy, but they do own the rights and they are in contract negotiations for Jermaine Jones to become a member of the LA Galaxy, which they could certainly use a player like him, especially with all the other DPs and high-profile players that they've lost in the offseason thus yeah, far. Yeah, you know, they're talking about paying him perhaps half a million dollars. Maybe he's worth that. So, you know, for 10 games, he gets $50,000 a game. Yeah, there you go. I love it. All right, when we come back, Peter Witt will be joining us on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Stay tuned for that interview and much more. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Welcome back to the Attention Era Media Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Rolling along with the program. Uh, remember, if you want to get at the show, you can find us on social media at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. We'd love to hear from you. We've had some great interaction, even with our show account uh, as well, too, uh, at Two Up Front Soccer. So go and interact with us. We love hearing from you, the listener. And uh, be on the lookout, too, for some exciting announcements here in the coming weeks as well. All right, Simon, our very first guest on the program today. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce him because, you know, you and I obviously don't know him well. He's a good friend of the show. But uh, I'm curious to hear how you describe him because there's so many titles for him. Well, absolutely. So, so this man has been involved in almost every single aspect of American soccer, I would say, since the 70s. Helped start up a club that I played with in my youth. Helped start up the uh, Milwaukee Wave here in town. Spent a, spent a, a couple of years ago, spent, spent some more time with them, of course, man that got the Chicago Fire started, got the stadium there down in Bridgeview. We call him Mr. Soccer. He is Peter Wilt. Peter, welcome back to Two Up Front. Thank you very much. It's great to be in the show. Absolutely, Peter. It's great to hear from you again. You've been a busy man, Peter. You've been traveling all over the country. I saw that you were out in California recently as well, too, for... Uh, for the uh, the conference that was out there as well too, but um, you've been you've been all over the place. Um, can you give us a little bit of an update of uh, what you've been doing? Because I know from what I've heard, your plans uh, for the recent years uh, have changed a little bit. Yeah, the last ten days or 
the National Soccer Coaches Convention in LA. And I'm also working with a group called Club Nine Sports to launch, uh, to assist uh, some groups to start professional soccer teams. Uh, I'm working uh, mainly with a group only for the team, the North Soccer League. I think we lost Peter there. His connection was a little uh, a little spotty. We'll have to try him back here again in just a moment. So, Peter, hold on tight there for us if you uh, if you are still on the line. We're going to try your connection again for some reason. But uh, he's a busy man. He's traveling all over the place. I, we, we don't even know where he is right now. So I, I caught that he was out in L.A. for the uh, coaches convention. Yes, uh, I heard he, that. He's part of another group that is uh, all about going around the country and getting professional teams started up. And he was part of Club Nine, I believe, is what, is what, is what, yes. I, is what I heard yes. from him. Yes, so um, helping you start. Back here. Yeah. Let's see here, Peter. Are you there, sir? I am, but I'm going outside where it's going to be a better, uh, a better connection. Perfect. You already sound better, so yeah, I think going outside might be might be a little bit better. So we we cut you off just as you were starting to explain. Um, you were part of this organization, Club Nine, starting professional soccer teams. So uh, kind of pick up your conversation from there, then, if you don't mind. Sure. Working with the group Club Nine, we're launching a number of uh, professional soccer teams in uh, uh, throughout America, you know, in Chicago, San Diego, uh, Orange County. Uh, this is exploding, and it's a very exciting time. It sounds like a very exciting time, to say the least. So, Peter, I want to jump right into it and, and ask you perhaps a, l- a little bit of a sensitive question, but Don Garber recently comes out and he says, you know, with the Chargers leaving San Diego, this is a market that we want to jump into. However, you had recently, or it came out recently, that, that you've been working with an ownership group in C- San Diego for the NASL. I have to ask you, is, do you feel that this may be a, a move by MLS purposefully to shut down a possible another market for the NASL? No, I think um, uh, MLS recognizes that San Diego is a great market, independent of not only NASL, but USL is also looking at starting up uh, in uh, San Diego. And and, I think all three recognize there's an opportunity. So I don't think, um, also I don't don't think the market uh, is a one-team market. It's broad enough uh, geographically and population-wise that uh, if marketed correctly, it could support teams in multiple leagues. And I, was, I, was, I think that was kind of the argument you were making about Chicago as well, too, even though that the fire were there, too. You were saying, hey, we can put an NASL team here as well and, you know, and thrive. So, and I think San Diego is kind of that untapped market. You've heard, as Simon was saying, about you know, the Chargers leaving town shortly as well, among many others. San Diego kind of is kind of craving that, that soccer culture or just the professional sports as well, too. But what have, um, what have been your thoughts about everything we've heard? We thought you know, a couple of weeks ago that the NASL was going to be dead, and all of a sudden people are saying, no, 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 it's it's still definitely alive, and now it's going to be a provisional two division status as well. Um, it's kind of feel like it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, especially for you, since you are being uh, more on the NASL side of things. But um, what uh, what what can you kind of tell us based off of you know these last couple of weeks? Because I know we've tried to talk to you a couple of times. And you're like, oh, just give me a little bit more time, a little bit more time, try to try to sort all this stuff out. But uh, can you take us through basically your last couple of weeks and the emotional roller coaster? Yeah, well, from the outside, people thought it was dead. But I think um, those working on the inside saw um, a, a sliver of light, and certain things had to come together. You know, certainly getting the Cosmos sack was huge. 
Uh, and then the Club Nine group in particular worked hard to rescue Jacksonville and find new ownership there, which, you know, hopefully will be, uh, the details will be released soon on that. Uh, and that gave it a lifeline, a chance to fight another day. So I wouldn't say that NESL, um, is out of the woods. Uh, it has a lifeline and, and it earned it. And U.S. soccer properly granted it provisional status. And now it's incumbent upon the NASL to meet those minimum standards and uh, soccer is laid out. And that means 12 teams in three uh, time zones uh, by next year. And Club 9 Sports represents four clients right now that want to get into the NASL. And we'd like to ideally get that done before the start of the season, uh, but certainly in time for to have the provisional status lifted at the end of uh, the season. Uh, and we're confident that's going in that direction. And it's going to take not only more teams, but a better vision, new leadership, a focused vision, and um, implementation towards that. So I think the NASL is on the right road, uh, but still a ways to go. Uh, Peter, that does beg the question. The NASL this time around, after coming out of these meetings, has a, had a more humble tone than uh, you know what what has seemed like in the past, trying to be that direct competition to uh, to Major League Soccer. I, is there a sense, as you talked about uh, new leadership in there, that it's more of a sense right now of of getting things? Uh, I don't I don't know if stable is the right word, but stable in being a Division Two league, and not so much uh, trying to be that direct competitor anymore. I think you're right in that the, it's a matter of getting our uh, the house in order. <clears throat> and then um, building a consensus on what that vision is. And those discussions are going on and will continue to go on amongst uh, the ownership and, and the new leadership of the league. And I'm confident that this new vision will be both more practical than maybe it was in the past and more unified uh, and more attractive to all stakeholders. It needs to be attractive to investors, certainly, but... Uh, ultimately to the fans and sponsors and broadcasters, because those are going to be the, the stakeholders that make the property valuable to the investors. Talking with Peter Wilt on the shopfutsal.com call-in line here on to Upfront. Peter, uh, moving aside from everything else, um, I'm curious to get your thoughts about what the Chicago Fire are doing right now, acquiring a U.S. international and Dax McCarty, a uh, longtime New York Red Bulls player. Uh, is you, you obviously still have a little bit of a, a tie to Chicago, of course, but um, you see the organization <laughs> that um, you know struggled mightily last season now making a lot of incredible moves in the offseason. Uh, as a, as a, as a, I'm sure as a closet Chicago Fire fan, uh, does it make you happy to see that this organization uh, has the right people in place to to right the ship from last season to this season? Well, first of all, and no closet about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Chicago Fire fan. It's my favorite team uh, um, uh, throughout soccer, and I'm I'm thrilled. I think Nelson and, and Pano have done a fantastic job this off season, and, and frankly, they did a very good job in, in the previous often um, <clears throat> building uh, out the bones of the team. And you know, at the time, I commented that I think it was a, a year ago it was a great step in the right direction, but it was going to take another offseason with similar progress. And with the acquisition of, of Nikolic, the forward, uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Bavo, and um, <clears throat> uh, Juninho in the midfield, before they even got McCarty, uh, was really exciting for me. 
I, I think the pieces are now there, certainly to make a, a playoff run. And, you know, without getting too excited, I think it's one step at a time. So I think it's fair to say that um, the fire now has the pieces in place to make that playoff run. And um, from talking uh, to Nelson and, and AK, uh, it sounds like uh, there may be more moves in the offense. So very exciting time uh, for, uh, for fire fans. Oh, and on top of that, of course, you got some couple of strong defenders, you know, talking about Brandon Vincent and Jonathan Campbell. I, I do Fantastic, think this yeah. fire team can do some damage next year for sure. Yeah, that was the what I was referring to uh, from uh, uh, the previous offseason. Those moves, uh, getting Vincent and Campbell, uh, really improving the back line, which has been porous in previous years. Well, I, you know, I could I could talk NASL with you all day, Peter, so I do want to ask you one more question uh, because we haven't heard much out of the Chicago NASL camp. Is that still on the table for you, or have your energies uh, been refocused on these no, California ab- clubs? No, absolutely. We've been bogged down on the venue side. It's, it's funny because the, what should be the hard part, getting the investors, has actually been the easy part. We have three different uh, parties that want to be the majority investor, uh, controlling interest and only one can be. Um, I actually have a call with one of them in a couple of hours. Uh, so that part is going well. Securing a venue has been more of a challenge. Uh, we have three options we're looking at right now. Uh, one is an existing uh, venue and two uh, would need to be developed. So we're pushed back to at least spring of 2018 and depending on how quickly we're able to get the venue uh put together it could be even delayed for hoping for 2018 all right peter well it seems like every time you come on the questions become a little more and more uh, hardball and i appreciate you uh taking the time to answer all of them and for sharing your thoughts on the nasl and of course you know still talking about the chicago fire so thanks again for your time on two up front no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take thanks, care. Thanks, Peter. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Peter Wilt on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. When we come back, we'll head down to Texas, and uh, we'll try to be nice about it, but we'll rub it in a little bit on Melissa Henderson of the Houston Dash about the Packers beating the Cowboys since she was so vocal about it on social media. But we'll actually talk about soccer, too. Don't worry. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front here at the Attention Era Media Studios, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Good conversation there with Peter Wilt in our second segment. Uh, what were your thoughts, your brief takeaways from all that, uh, that information that you were able to dive through from him? Well, you know, he confirmed a lot of, again, especially that, that question about what the NASL's focus is now. It actually, I get a lot of hope out of that, hearing mm-hmm. it from somebody on the inside talking yeah. about, you know, what we, we realize we we got to do things a little differently, that we have to have a different focus here, at least, you know, get our house in order, and then take it from there. That, As a soccer fan, as a, an American soccer fan, that's exciting to hear. It is. You're absolutely right about that. And, you know, we on the outside, you know, have talked about it a couple of times on the show, saying, ah, oh, NASL's dead, we, you know, let's move on, let's forget about it, stop wasting your time. And then, like you said, good to hear from the inside saying, well, just hold on, just to hold on just a second there. There's some things that are moving. So if anybody would know, it'd be Peter Wilt, that's for sure. Absolutely. You know, people, the, the pro-rel group, uh, you know, yeah. Fanboys out there. I actually shouldn't say fanboys because I get the argument. I, I understand yeah. it. Uh, and I certainly would like to see that introduced in our country at some point. But you need a healthy Division Two, a healthy Division Three, a healthy Division Four on top of the healthy Division One, in order to have that pro-rel happen. Exactly. All right, time to move on with the program. Joining us now on the shopfutsal.com calling line, making her return back to the program, is Houston Dash forward Melissa Henderson. Melissa, welcome back to the show. How are we doing today? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, Melissa. I feel like we need to get this out of the way um, immediately. Um, first and foremost, I'm sorry about your Cowboys losing on I'm Sunday. Not. I'm but, not. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, very, we're two very happy Packer fans up here, so I uh, just had to get that out of the way you so there was no... You have to go there. <laughs> well, I... I- you know what? I actually, I don't think I can do this. Uh, <laughs> Something came up. I got to run, guys. I'm sorry. I got to. I'm losing you. <laughs> you know, Melissa, I do have to say one thing about your tweets. I, I I think you actually may deep down inside not realize you're a Packers fan, though. I think and, and that here's, might be here's you. why I say this. One of your tweets that you sent out yeah. is, a, is a picture of you spiking a football, but you're wearing green shoes, and mm. the word touchdown is in green. Oh. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I chose that to the outfit months ago. Oh, okay. I had okay. no realization that the correlation was going to be between the Packers and my outfit, so I plead the fifth. It's okay to be a Packer fan. Some of the, some of the nicest people in the nope. world are Packer fans, Melissa. I <laughs> understand. You know what? Some of them are. You know, Lauren Sesselman, one of my good friends, she, she is, but... Um, I'm not a cute head. It's just not in my DNA. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Fair enough. Well, let's move away from football and go to soccer here for a moment uh, and, and check in with you. But um, how's your offseason been going so far? I, I know from, from at least your social media posts, you've been traveling a lot and uh, just spending time with family, which I'm sure is wonderful. But um, how's the offseason training going? I know that uh, preseason's just around the corner as well. Um, exciting. I mean, for so long, you know, you're kind of in the days and I went overseas, you um, you spoke about last segment to Cyprus and, and just coming back and um, just kind of getting into the own training mode again. And um, But now that it's finally, you know, the draft happened um, and we're really trying to get into kind of um, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for the next season, it's really exciting, especially to be training, training harder, being able to, to put that vision together, especially with the new aspects coming to the team. Um, it's just really exciting. Yeah, speaking of one of those assets, I, I personally feel like Houston Dash may have gotten the pick out of the draft. The, you know, Rose Lavelle obviously went number one and, and well-deserved, but when you're looking at those picks, especially dropping down to the second round that you guys were able to acquire Jane Campbell, a goalkeeper now in uh, U.S. Women's National Team camp, yeah. coming to the Houston Dash, how big of a pickup is that for the Houston Dash? I mean, that, 
that's huge. You hear how defense wins championships, and I think that's a major key to the to the championship and um, just that whole that whole quote. So I mean, it's it's huge. She's a young talent, and um, I'm super excited to get to know her and um, get to kind of um, just have that relationship and, and be a good teammate and um, and really just see her bloom into the talent that I think you know God's blessed her with. So I'm I'm super excited for that, and it's a great pick. I'm going to be curious, too, to see how the battle between Campbell and Lydia Williams goes as well, too, because we know Lydia Williams was just named the, the Women's Football Player of the Year down in Australia. So I'm curious to see when you've got a, an elite goalkeeper like Lydia Williams now competing with a rising U.S. national team star. The camp is going to be exciting, I feel like, at least from the goalkeeper's perspective. Um, uh, so as you look ahead to this upcoming season, uh, Melissa, you've seen you know a lot of the... The players, the couple of players moving around. But um, one thing that we've heard a lot about, though, and I'm curious to get your opinions about it, is um, players leaving the United States to go spend at least the first half of the NWSL season playing in England uh, or in Germany. Um, you're talking about Alex Morgan, Heather O'Reilly, and many others. Um, and as someone that's played overseas, um, do you think that that's a smart idea to, to go for those five or six months and miss the first part of the season and then to return uh, midseason for your NWSL club? Um, I mean, I never want to speak on somebody else um, solely because I think that there's good reason with everybody's decisions and, and how to become a better player and what's best fit for them. So if they see that as an opportunity be, to become a better player and um, to sharpen their skills and, and get their focus where they want it to be in order to be successful, then I am all for it. I think that um, they know themselves better than anybody else, so I can't speak on that behalf. I do know the competition is great over there, um, but as well, NWSL, I think, has some of the best athletes in the world. And um, So, I mean, we have a great league as well, but again, it, it just comes down to the player and what they think they need to um, be successful at the next level. Well, Melissa, going back to the draft, uh, another player that you picked up was Nichelle Prince, a Canadian national team player. Plenty of goals at Ohio State University. Maybe gunning for your position as well. How much does that bring perhaps a little more motivation for you to do well in preseason and, and during the, the entire 2017. Yeah, I mean, like I like I said, I mean, I'm excited for all these new girls coming up. I think they all have tremendous talent and, and goals inside of each of them um, and saving goals. <laughs> but um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the competition. That's what it's all about. It's, it's about that competition. It's about that rivalry. But at the end of the day, um, it's also about being a teammate and being supportive, encouraging. So um, I'm, I'm super excited to compete, but I'm also excited to kind of embrace her as part of the family and as a teammate and um, to push her as well. Just out of general curiosity, Melissa, um, do you think the move from uh, from Western New York Flash down to the North Carolina Courage and the, the soccer women's soccer capital of the United States basically was a good one for the NWSL overall? Um, you know, I, nothing against, um, the Western New York Flash being there, where they were, and, um, I think they had an excellent fan base, I mean, um, nothing against them, I know they had a great support system, but I do think that, um, it'll be a positive move, and especially being, going and playing, you know, um, at North Carolina, just seeing kind of the atmosphere of soccer that, um, is in that area for both men's and women's soccer, is tremendous. So I think it'll be uh, a big jump, and I think it's going to be very successful there. As the league continues to grow, do you have a, do you selfishly have a city that you hope gets a gets an NWSL team at some point? 
I mean, selfishly, I'm just I'm grouped for Dallas one day to to jump in there. Um, but I mean, again, that's that's where home is. So, um, but I mean, I'm just excited. I think that the league is definitely growing and um, it's it's getting bigger and better and uh, and more successful. So I'm just excited too because we're we're putting down now a flat a platform that um, young ladies can, can really look up for and aspire to play in as well. Well, speaking of Texas in and of itself, Melissa, of course, it would be great for you personally to have that team in Dallas, but what does it mean for you? I actually spent three years in Texas myself, so I do love the state as much as we were ribbing you about the Cowboys. I do, I do love the state of Texas. Um, what does it mean for you to be playing in your home state as a professional women's soccer player? Um, it's a dream come true, honestly. I think um, I'm very blessed to be where I am with the circumstances I've been through and um, just kind of the whole storyline of, of uh, what the Lord has written for me. So I'm thankful, um, especially with, you know, my whole family being in, um, in Texas and, and also just being close to my grandparents as, as they get older. And um, it, it just means a lot to be able to be in the state where it all started for me. I think that speaks volumes, too. I mean, we see uh, it's traditionally, I've seen at least players that play, you know, at a high level in their home states usually do a lot better. And I'm really curious now, too, because Jess McDonald obviously was up in in the Western New York Flats. Now she's going to be back in North Carolina where she played her college ball and was just so dominant. I'm really curious to see how she does this upcoming season as well, too. But uh, we know that you and Jess obviously are good friends as well, too, Melissa. We're still working on that dual interview with both of you as well at some point. That would be a lot of fun. But, uh, I know. We need to work. <laughs> I'm super proud of her. She's got some amazing things in life for her. And, um, she, she's always been the board first, but her work ethic up at the top. So I'm super excited to watch her succeed. Absolutely, Melissa. Well, we are so excited that we got to chat with you at least for a little while. But uh, we're going to have to definitely uh, wrap this up and chat with you again as the uh, NWSL season and preseason are in full swing. So uh, let's, let's catch up again in a couple of weeks, all right? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me again, and I look forward to it. Y'all have a great afternoon. Thanks, Thanks Melissa. You, too, Melissa. you as well. There goes Melissa Henderson on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. When we return, we will talk a little bit more MLS, U.S. Men's National Team, whatever really comes out from Simon and I, but we definitely got to talk about the big moves by the Chicago Fire. Dax McCarty, Jorginho. Chicago Fire, are they going to make the playoffs next year? Ugh, I don't know. That's a weird thing to say. We'll talk <laughs> about that right after this. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub. Welcome back to Two Up Front here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Great interviews in our second and third segments with Peter Wilt and Melissa Henderson of the Houston Dash. If you ever miss any interviews, you can go get our past shows by going to our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com. It's the number 
two, not T-W-O or T-O or T-O. I still never can decipher between those three anyway. But <laughs> go, go to the website or Google it, and somehow, someway, you will, you will find it. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty good at getting the twos and the wheres and the were. I'm not good at the, t- the T-O-O. I mean, that's the worst thing for me. For me, I've, I always have trouble with uh, lay, lie, Lies. Oh, Those are the ones I can never ever figure out. The two here, I'll give you. I'll give you something that may help. You. Okay. You got to remember that when you're speaking about quantity. Yes. It's T O O, because there's more O's. Much. There's more O's in that one than there are when you're going to a place which is T O. I'm going to the mall. Yeah. I've had too much to eat. It's T O. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. You are you are <laughs> a professor. I love it. So smart. All right, Simon, let's talk about the MLS um, because there's been uh, some interesting things. First and foremost, the MLS has now announced that any deals or trades that take place that have allocation money, you'll actually know how much players are being paid. Yeah, and actually, I tweeted out about this. It's, it's interesting because I, I tweeted out about it when, I, when they had their draft article uh, about a specific player that got drafted, and I saw in there that they had put the dollar amounts yep. for the trades. And I had commented on that article, hey, anybody else noticed this? And a bunch of people said, oh, well, cool. No, I didn't really pick up on mm-hmm. it. Uh, I tweeted out about it. Then the next day, that's when MLS actually officially announced that they were going to do this. I love it. It's exciting because now we can actually look at trades and go, was this good? Was this yeah. bad? They paid how much or they didn't exactly. only pay that much? Like, whoa, that's incredible. But the big move, obviously, that uh, a lot of folks are talking about is Dax McCarty going to the Chicago Fire for $400,000 in allocation money. Dax McCarty, not a young player anymore, but also not super old at the same time. He's kind of right in that middle, I would say. Yeah, the tough thing is, is he's become a fan favorite out there. He's been there for five so and a half years. honestly. Um, but look, the Fire were smart with this move, Baxter, because they essentially spent $150,000 on this. And mm-hmm. here's why. During the draft, they had traded into a position in which actually got them $250,000 of general allocation money. Nice. So then they turn around and get... McCarty from the Red Bulls for four hundred thousand, which by the way is spread out over two years. Yep. Uh, so really, this cost them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a very proven defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, to get two hundred thousand dollars for the next two, you know, over you know for one year and then a second year, and then the Fire hold the option uh, for the following two seasons after that. So it's kind of a four year deal with the hinge of do well the first two seasons. We'll figure it out sure. from there. But still, I mean, in, th- in this day and age, for a professional soccer player, I know it's not NFL or MLB or any whatever high-level salaries, but still to be making $200,000 a year playing soccer, I think is is a win to an extent for an American-born, American-based well, it's, player. It's, it's the allocation money that's being spread out over the two years. Yes. Um, but, you know, on the, on the New York side of things, I encourage everybody to go to Matt Doyle's comment, uh, column on MLSsoccer.com. I don't want to take credit for what I'm about to say, but... These were along my thoughts, so I want to share it with you, Matt. And I bring him up because he has been on the show, and he does a great job when he is on the show, of course. Uh, But he talks about how Sean Davis stepped in for McCarty when he was uh, injured. Yeah. And and then what they did basically is, is he played a little bit more attacking, and Felipe played more of that defensive mid. And to be quite honest, they really didn't miss McCarty when they had that tandem. So as New York, you're looking at this going, let's bring in somebody cheaper. Yeah. Let's ship McCarty out to... Chicago. Yep. The only thing, you know, so for, so for New York, I actually don't think it's that bad of a deal. The only thing is that <laughs> it's it's so odd 
when a team makes a move like this within its same conference. Now, I know that's unique to MLS, but that is something you have to consider. That is also true. You know, they, they just made the Chicago Fire a heck of a lot stronger. They did, yeah, and that's the big thing. But maybe New York is playing on the fact of like, well, we know how Chicago is, and we know nothing against Dak, but he's not as good as he used to be. So maybe, maybe you know, we're getting the better end of the deal. I don't know. That's you know, like going off of that as well, too. But trading the fan favorite, though, that's the big part that kicks me. Well, the thing is, Red Bulls have been pretty darn consistent with their roster. So, you know, you, you move one player, not the end of the world. For McCarty himself, though, in, in a matter of three days, he's been called up to the U.S. national team camp. Yep. He's been married, and he's been traded from New York to our four things, plus the honeymoon he's Happy 2017, you know, Dex. <laughs> right. Holy crap. My goodness. But, yeah, uh, Travis Clark tweeted out in that Matt Doyle references in this article, Sean Davis, Tyler Adams, and a potential uh, Arun Bozjevalik can also do the job, and, and then some, according to the, the open position. Yeah, and Boz Jevelet is not signed yet. He's still That's unsigned, what, yeah. but uh, but but they do expect that it may cost them a little bit of money, and maybe this is why they did make that move. Yeah, yep, exactly. So at, at this point, then, it begs the question, is Chicago a playoff team now with this acquisition of the new forward, the new goalkeeper, and now some new uh, midfielders as well? Right. Well, you know, Peter had said it in his interview with him earlier in the show that we talked about the strong defensive units they have, especially yeah. with Brandon Vincent and Jonathan Campbell. Now you got Janino in the middle. Uh, you got Dax McCarty there to work with him. Uh, you got Akam, of course, already on the team, leading goal scorer, and Such and their their big pickup, uh, their DP. I don't have it in front of me. I forget his last name. Uh, but you're you're looking at a. I think a very yeah. strong Chicago Fire team. Yeah, I would agree with you it's, on it's, that one. It's all going to depend on chemistry for the Fire. It is. No, that's that's 100%. I mean, you look at some of the things they've done this offseason. Um, they they signed that goal, the Uruguayan goalkeeper, Jorge Bava. Um, oh, what the heck was this guy's name? Now I want to know the, the name of the, <laughs> the guy that you're talking about. And now I can't find it, of course, as I'm trying to search. And, also and I, I know listeners out there are going, it's like, his it's name. This it's name. His name. Can't uh, believe it. Uh, Nikolic. Thank That's you. who it is. Thank yes. Um, I haven't heard anything more about Bastian Swanschager at all, though, unfortunately. That was supposed to be like the big Chicago Fire move this offseason, and things have kind of calmed down a little bit about that. Yeah, haven't haven't heard much. And it's when you don't hear much about them that they surprise you. Yeah. You know? and all suddenly of a sudden, they're like, oh, all of a sudden you find out he's actually the first signing for LAFC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Speaking of LA, uh, Alan Gordon uh, leaving the Galaxy, now a uh, member of the Colorado Rapids. Uh, good little move there. The super sub, you need a header in the 89th minute. Call Alan Gordon off the bench to come spoil El Clasico there for you, basically. Yeah, and another... Uh, we can we can talk about that, but I, I want to make sure we also talk about uh, De La Garza being traded away from Los Angeles Galaxy, oh which was another big could move. not believe that. Yeah, he um, now oh, Houston. That's where he went. He went down to Houston. Right. Talk about another fan favorite as well, too. But uh, we know that LA is kind of in this process right now. Where they're like, look, we gotta just kind of clean house. Look, Bruce Arena's gone. We're just basically starting over to an extent. But uh, yeah, De La Garza was traded in exchange for one hundred twenty-five thousand in general allocation uh, and fifty thousand in allocation money. So about two hundred thousand dollars overall basically for AJ Delegarza. Well, I think it's a great move for Houston. Will Mark Navarro is. is doing wonderful work down there. Again, bringing in a lot of uh, players from from all over Central yep. America. Of course, Cuba Torres coming back off of a not very successful loan spell, but it, he was injured most of the time as well. So, interested to see how Houston does in the West and, and Chicago does in the East. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that one. Uh, and finally, today is the uh, the last day of the MLS Super Draft. Rounds three and four are taking place uh, later on this afternoon, I do believe. Uh, My Revolution drafted, I believe, two or three different players. I had the list, and now it's gone in front of me. But um, a couple of good players. Uh, just realistically, they need to go and find themselves some better defensive players. But... Um, 
and, and you we'll know, see. building a stadium would be a good thing. There's too. an idea too, but apparently, according to the crafts, that just isn't a priority right now. So, which it's, it's, makes me even more sad. It's always interesting to me. I talked about this on one of the shows that I did solo, Baxter. That the New England Revolution. It seems an annual tradition that when season ticket sales are up, yeah, hey, uh, we're going to try to build a stadium. And then they try it, and then they sell some more season mm-hmm. tickets. Like, oh yeah, actually no, we, we we're not going to do that just yet. Yeah, I was trying to explain uh, the revolution and how they were operate as a club, which is a hard thing to do to a very non soccer person the other day because they were asking me they're like, well, you know, the revolution. They're like, and they they asked the question like, aren't all MLS teams supposed to play in soccer specific stadiums? Like, why do the Sounders play in Century League Field? Why do the Revolution and other teams play in, in NFL stadiums? Basically, and I was like. <sighs> Well, <laughs> I'm like, first and foremost, the Revolution have awful owners because the Crafts only care about Tom Brady and making billions sure. and billions of dollars, which I don't blame them for financially, but why own a team if you're not going to do a single thing about it or at least try to get a little bit more money through the door to help the managers and everybody else try to pay more players or get more players? I just I don't understand that, but I don't know. There's enough space in Foxborough and Boston to build a freaking stadium for God's sake. Well, sakes. I'll tell you what, they're paying for it now, National televised schedule has been released and uh revolution is not on there much Mm-mm. no they're not of course not. the timbers in seattle lead the way timbers actually have the most games yeah uh, national television with 13 i think seattle's 12 new england i think they got four well i don't really blame them and it's probably going to be against you know like san jose or dc united or teams that really don't care about right um right. i'm curious to get your thoughts though did you see who portland drafted fourth overall there uh jeremy Iboisi. i don't know i think that's how you pronounce it the forward out of duke um some people are saying it's like one of the biggest moves of the draft because he fell quote unquote fell all the way to the fourth spot and portland was like thank you got him um i don't know if you've had time to look at it or not i, w- I wasn't sure that's why i'm kind I, of no asking I, you. I i haven't had much but uh from but what i've heard he's a great player yeah, I mean, I, I do know, when you said the name, I do know that he was projected to actually go number one in yeah. a lot of mock drafts. Uh, yep. he, he's a forward, is he not? He is. He's a six foot one seventy five forward hailing from Paris, France, and played at Duke. Right, so so just off the surface, uh, just off the surface back, so just thinking off the top of yep. my head, I, I really do think that the Timbers are either looking to pair him up with Adi, um, or they may be trying to ship Adi out. Look, they got rid of Milano. Yeah. Wasn't very successful. So I got to believe that the Timbers ultimately are hoping that this is the player that lines up there with Adi and is able to uh, take some of the pressure off of Adi and take some on himself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Seven goals, four assists in 2015, uh, two goals, three assists in 2014, uh, both while he was at Duke. Uh, he was named the U.S. U-20 squad that competed at the 2016 Dallas Cup as well. So even though he's from... Paris, um, he must have uh, either dual citizenship or just at least American uh, citizenship. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was. Uh, he's of African descent. He was born in France. I'm um, just looking at his quote here. He's lived in D.C. his whole life, um, but he's got a lot of different experiences all around the world. So. So it could be good. It could be a great pickup for the Timbers. I certainly, of course, selfishly hope so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You, you certainly you certainly hope so. I've already gone through the schedule of the Chicago Fire to find out when the Revolution are going to be in town because I don't care too much about the Fire. But I'm like, when are the Revolution going to be in town? But uh, April 5th looks like the first time the Fire and the Revolution are going to tango down in Chicago. So the Revolution go to Chicago twice this year, thankfully, in the three times that they play each other. I don't so hopefully you're going to get down there. Going to like to see maybe Atlanta United. Be fun to see them in person. Minnesota United. It's always fun to see the new teams. You know, plus I know Portland when they're in town is always a good time. And even the Absolutely. new the new look Galaxy as well too. So all right, we are going to run to a break. When we come back, we will close up the show. You are listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Three 
Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where Across the Pond is now across the street. Back inside the Attention Amory Media Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, as we wrap up the show, we'll get to our I Believe uh, shortly. I know that there's a couple of things going on with uh, with the soccer world. Rumors here, rumors there, but... Uh, it's always nice to just look at the soccer world as a whole and say, you know what, it's, it's good to see that American soccer continues to grow because the off-seasons for both the MLS and NWSL, I'd like to say, overall have been fairly positive with the influx of players coming in and just the, the moves that both leagues have been making, well, I'd like to say. Positive or negative, I just love the fact that there's been enough stuff going on that exactly. has kept us busy on the show. And, uh, you know, th- one of the unfortunate things is still most of our sources are going to MLSsoccer.com, going to yep. NWSLsoccer.com. Other websites that we go to tend to be very soccer-specific. It is amazing at how much this game has grown how much of a lack there still is mm-hmm. in the mainstream media. And, and perhaps that's a you're reality right. check for us. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, let's, let's tell, tell it how it is kind of a thing because, you know, there's still a lot going on that um, the mainstream media doesn't care about unless it's directly linked to somebody that, you know, Joe Blow on the couch is going to know. Landon Donovan's not playing the game anymore, so, you know, they're not going to run a whole lot of stories about Landon Donovan or the Galaxy anymore, or even Jermaine Jones or Michael Bradley. You don't hear about it very often on ESPN or Fox Sports, basically. Right. You know, I will say at least... You know, when I was growing up, the only news that was ever covered about soccer in this country, not soccer in this country, but soccer in general, covered in the news was when there was a riot. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> At least now we live in a day and age where even if it's a brief, it's, uh, hey, Ronaldo scored three goals today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, all Lionel it's Messi. So at least it's... As minimal as it is, at least it's focused on the game now. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But I, I do agree with you on that one, though. Anytime you see anything, usually on ESPN um, for, for highlights, it always has to do with La Liga or the Premier League, basically. Those, or Borussia Dortmund or Bayern Munich. Those are the three leagues. They just go boom, boom, boom. They never really take the time to say, in MLS this week, here are all the highlights. Boom, 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 boom. They just, they just don't do it. I, just, I don't know why, but they which, just don't. Which is always interesting because they're paying MLS to have them on their uh, yeah. network. yeah. So it is a bit mind-blowing, you know, but you still have sports center anchors that if MLS gets on there, for the most part, 
they have to crack some joke about it. Like, you know, hey, folks, this is something that we have to do. And yeah. again, and again, I, I'm, I'm actually not complaining about it. It's a reality check for mm-hmm. me, but it's just interesting to point out. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. All right, let's move along to the final part of the show today. <laughs> It is our I Believe segment where Simon and I both offer things we believe will take place in the soccer world. Um, Simon, would you like to go first, sir? I will go first, Baxter. I think usually I defer to you, but I will go first today. Absolutely. It's all yours. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'll explain it a bit here. Perfect. I believe that this is a year that we see Jonathan Spector... Not only in MLS, but I believe he's the next signing. Maybe not the next, but he will be signed by the Chicago Fire. Oh, really? Okay. That's very interesting. I knew that there were rumors out there, but uh, to, to even go as far as say, hey, let's, uh, let's go to the Chicago Fire because they need more help defensively. Well, that's, that's a big part of it. Uh, he's a Chicago native. Also makes sense. Uh, and he, the, the head coach, uh, he plays over at uh, Birmingham City, by the way. Gianfranco Zola is the manager over there and has basically come out and said, uh, Jonathan looks to be looking elsewhere, and there have been requests for him to go home side. Hmm. So Birmingham City is actually in the process of looking at defenders in the transfer window. Now, oh. look, everything to me pointed that Jesse Marsh was going to Austria, and I completely called that one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I could be co- everything's pointing to this being Jonathan Spector coming over to MLS. He's he's still only thirty years old, not yep. too not too old for a defender, still but got some time. He's got a lot of mileage, a lot of injuries on his legs, uh, but I think it would be a, a great player to have in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. All right, my I believe centers around the men's national team. I believe that the U.S. is going to split their first two games uh, under Bruce Arena. They're going to beat Serbia and they're going to lose to Jamaica. In my lose to Jamaica. I think you think he's going to be more more experimental in that game, or um, I think that re- I think the chemistry won't fully be there because of the players he's brought in um, for camp, and I think Jamaica is is just kind of out to prove themselves. And I think going against Bruce Arena and all the old memories that go with USA Jamaica, I think uh, I think Jamaica has a, the opportunity to to sneak by the United States. Well, I will say this: Jamaica recently lost in its qualifier for the Gold Cup, so it won't mm-hmm. be at the Gold Cup. They lost to Haiti mm. in their overall series. So Surprising uh, on that one, yeah. In the it's the Central Central Americano Cup, yeah. which the winner of that, and I, I don't know how many teams from that. I think maybe it's five teams move on to the Gold Cup from that. Okay, uh, Costa Rica usually ends up winning the thing or coming close to yeah. winning the thing. But I, I agree with you. They may be able to prove themselves after uh, being a bit humiliated. Yeah, I w- I'd be curious. I mean, nothing against Serbia, obviously. I, I know that the uh, the Serbian national team has gone through a lot over the years, but. I still think that the United States on paper will be better. And now they could go out and blow both of these teams out of the water or they could lose both or they could draw both. You know, that's how soccer works, obviously. We never really know. But uh, I'd like to think that the United States is going to be able to put it together versus Serbia. There's going to be so much riding on it. Bruce Arena's first game. And they're going to put it together, but then a couple of days later when they have to play Jamaica, I think that they're going to be a hiccup or just miscommunications with all the, the excitement kind of dying down at that point. Well, you know, since, since you gave your prediction, I'll give mine. I think they're actually going to draw with Serbia. Look, Serbia is sitting in second place in their Euro, uh, uh, I'm sorry, UEFA qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, they've got a 2-0-2 record in there. I think it's going to be a very formidable opponent. They're, they want to keep things moving. I don't really yeah. think they're going to look at this game as so much a friendly as we want, to, we want to keep our chemistry moving forward with this team. Exactly. Whereas Jamaica, so I'm, I'm calling a draw there because I agree with you. I think the U.S. troops are going to be up for it just to say, hey, Bruce, we, first we of all, you, we, we, want to, we want to be on the announced roster for yeah. the rest of qualifying, um, but also just because it's Bruce's first game back. 
I actually think they're going to destroy Jamaica. Interesting. Okay. And the reason I say that is nobody knows CONCACAF like Bruce Arena knows CONCACAF. Very true. Uh, he studies these teams incredibly in-depth. He doesn't take anyone for granted. And I, I think we're going to see Jamaica be a very wounded animal that the U.S. team is going to go after big time. And absolutely. And I don't want to obviously cross any wires on this, too, for people that realize that obviously if the U.S. goes out and win the game, I'm not going to be mad about sure, that. Sure, of course They're not, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, like, why'd they win? Boo. No, obviously. Go and kick their butt, of course, United States. That's what I want you to go do. Uh, and I, I'm, we're going to have to have Mark Litton on the show, too, because I'm curious to know who the heck the goalkeepers are going to be in these games. Because I think now they've got six in camp now, don't they? Four, five or six now with, with Brian Rowe being added as well. I know they've got Stefan Fry and uh, uh, David, well, he David replaced Bingham. Fry. Oh, he did. Fry got injured, so he oh. requested to be sent back home. Gotcha. I didn't realize. I was wondering, I'm like, where did Brian Rowe come from? This is what happens when I don't have a ton of time to do the little research on the new things yeah, that no, take place. Yeah, no, that's okay. But, so it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's David Bingham, Nick Romando. Uh, Louis Robles and Brian Rowe. Brian Rowe. I, I got to believe that Bingham's going to get some time. I got to believe that Robles is going to get him, some time. You give as well. them each a half, maybe. Maybe a game. Is that maybe a game each? And then or I see what you're saying between the four of them. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah, them yeah each maybe a half each and a half. Sure, I could see that. that. I mean, 45 minutes of live game action against decent opponents to prove yourself. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know exactly what Bruce has up his sleeve, but I'd be curious to, to get Mark Litton's goalkeeper analysis sure. of, of those other guys as well, too, the non-Tim Howards or Brad Guzans and all that jazz. And, it, you know, again, it is, it's all MLS players because yep. of the timing of the camp. So, of course. Uh, you know, this isn't, to me, it's not much of an indication of who's actually going to be on no, this final no, roster. No, no, of course not. But it's good, to, it's good to get some new blood in there. It's good to bleed a little bit more of these goalkeepers. You're absolutely right. All right, well, we've had a great show today. A special thanks to Peter Wilt and Melissa Henderson for joining us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. If you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. You can also hear the show live on Spreaker.com, iTunes, on iHeartRadio, Sports Podcasting Network, and uh, many other places as well, too. We just keep growing our reach uh, every every single day, basically. Absolutely. You can also find us on Facebook, 2upfront in the search bar. You'll find us. Do us a favor. Give us a like. We're at, like, 575. We'd Woo! love to get to the 600 number and you can find us on twitter at two upfront soccer he is at baxter colburn i am at simon provin with our manager being the one above we are two upfront the sweet aromas of the apple fritter cinnamon roll and blueberry muffin are hard to resist So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.